So if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to be reading out of the NLT today, New Living Translation. If you don't have that, we'll have it on the screen up here for you. All right, let's dive into the Word of God. Esther chapter 8. On that same day, King Xerxes gave the property of Haman, the enemy of the Jews, to Queen Esther. Then Mordecai was brought before the king, for Esther had told the king how they were related. The king took off his signet ring, which he had taken back from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther appointed Mordecai to be in charge of Haman's property. Then Esther went again before the king, falling down at his feet and begging him with tears to stop the evil plot devised by Haman the Agagite against the Jews. So the king held out his gold scepter to Esther. So she rose and stood before him. Esther said, if it please the king, and if I have found favor with him, and if he thinks it is right, and if I am pleasing to him, let there be a decree that reverses the orders of Haman, the son of Hamadatha the Agagite, who ordered that the Jews throughout the king's provinces should be destroyed. For how can I endure to see my people and my family slaughtered and destroyed? Then King Xerxes said to Queen Esther and Mordecai the Jew, I have given Esther the property of Haman, and he has been impaled on a pole because he tried to destroy the Jews. Now, go ahead and send a message to the Jews in the king's name, telling them whatever you want and seal it with the king's signet ring. But remember that whatever has already been written in the king's name and sealed with his signet ring can never be revoked. So on June 25th, the king's secretaries were summoned, and the decree was written exactly as Mordecai dictated It was sent to the Jews and to the highest officers, the governors and the nobles of all 127 provinces stretching from India to Ethiopia. The decree was written in the scripts and languages of all the peoples of the empire, including that of the Jews. The decree was written in the name of King Xerxes and is sealed with the king's signet ring. Mordecai sent the dispatchers by swift messengers who rode fast horses, especially bred for the king's service. The king's decree gave the Jews in every city authority to unite, to defend their lives. They were allowed to kill, slaughter, and annihilate anyone of any nationality or province who might attack them or their children and wives and to take the property of their enemies. The day chosen for this event throughout all the provinces of King Xerxes was March 7th of the next year. The copy of this decree was to be issued as a law in every province and proclaimed to all people so that the Jews would be ready to take revenge on their enemies on the appointed day. So, urged on by the king's command, the messengers rode out swiftly on fast horses bred for the king's service. And the same degree was also proclaimed in the fortress of Susa. Then Mordecai left the king's presence, wearing the royal robe of blue and white, the great crown of gold, and an outer cloak of fine linen and purple. And the people of Susa celebrated the new decree. The Jews were filled with joy and gladness and were honored everywhere. In every province and city, wherever the king's decree arrived, the Jews rejoiced and had a great celebration and declared a public festival and holiday. And many of the people of the land became Jews themselves, for they feared what the Jews might do to them. This is God's word. Father, I pray you would just bless this time. I pray that you would open our hearts to hear what it is that you would say. Remind us again of the precious good news that we hold on to 
for dear life, the, the greatest news ever. And show us in this passage how, how you are at work in so many seemingly insignificant ways in our life. Show us how you are at work in our lives right now in this moment. Open our eyes to see you high and lifted up. And have your way in this next few minutes as we listen to your word in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Good morning. So great to be back with you um, today. Come on and a privilege. Thank you for hosting us today. Um, quickly, um, let's just jump right in here to the word of the Lord. It's um, depending on how we're shaped and how we're wired, depending on our story, there are certain things out of the scripture that may jump out to us more so than with, with somebody else. Um, depending upon our personality type, depending upon so many different things, usually the way that we're wired, the way that we've been built, certain themes or certain um, ideas might jump out over other things. So what I invite you to do today is as we kind of walk through this um, in the next hour and a half, that you kind of say, Lord, what? Um, (laughs) That you kind of challenge yourself to say, what jumps out at me? There may be certain obvious things that kind of stand out to you um, because you've studied this before, you've read this before, you've walked through this before, but um, I'd invite you today to kind of say, what am I missing or what might I miss? So kind of wipe the slate clean um, and allow God to kind of speak to us out of his word um, today. I I understand that you've been walking through this for a while and um, I I just, um, I want to share with you what jumped out at me as I also was prayerful and tried to say, okay, God, I don't want to just be directed to certain things based on my wiring, but open up my understanding, open up um, my sight, and how you want to speak to Eddie um, out of this word today. Throughout the book of Esther, we see, in particular, um, just a lot of wickedness and darkness, yeah? Um, Just a lot of sin, a lot of brokenness that kind of shows up. Then there's all this um, suffering also, a lot of suffering that shows up, and then um, stewardship even. So I want to just kind of talk to us uh, about those things and, um, yeah, see how it goes. Early in the book, well, let me look here. Esther's married to this horrible guy. Some of you are like, I can relate. No, 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 not here. No, that was at the other church where I was last week, and they're like, that word just really resonates with me. <laughs> She's married to this horrible guy um, that does all these horrible things and um, just is kind of working through that. You know, I, Vince, right there, I, my, my Bible is, is in um, that black bag right there. I think Ramiro, when he was giving them the offering talk, he, he, he said um, old school envelopes. So I'm old school. I like the app, but I like the physical um, Bible too. So I'm sorry. I, I just want to have that here as well. Thank you. <laughs> uh, funny guy. Okay. Okay.
Okay. So Esther goes in before the king in verse 3, falling down at his feet, begging him with tears to stop the evil plot devised by Haman the Agite against the Jews. Um, again, the king held out his gold scepter to Esther, so she rose, stood before him. Esther said, if it please the king, and if I have found favor with him, if he thinks it is right, if I am pleasing to him, let there be a decree that reverses the orders of Haman, um, some of Hamadeth the Agite, who ordered the Jews throughout all the king's provinces, should be destroyed. For how can I endure to see my people and my family slaughtered and destroyed? Tough text there. She's brought to power. All this suffering, pain, brokenness around her. And I think it's very interesting that we see here that she's not only concerned about herself. Her life wasn't threatened, but she wasn't only concerned about herself, but she is passionate um, moved for those that are around her. What, what did she say? If it pleases the king and I have found favor with him, if he thinks it is right, if I am pleasing him, let there be a decree that reverses the orders of Haman, the Agite, who ordered the Jews. Or all the, if, 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 it please, if I please the king, could you reverse this? How many times that in, in spite of our pain, our suffering, our situation, or how bad we may think it is, do we allow God to still move us with compassion for others? As I was driving even here today, and all the people were out there for, um, what is it, the race for the cure? All those people that are out there, and I'm looking, and I'm wondering, and I'm like, I wonder how many of these people know Jesus. I wonder how many of these people are, are, are concerned about his kingdom. I mean, I, I don't know, but I, I, I just wondered. I was driving, what is that, on Robinson. There's a guy um, laying on the driveway. I don't know if he was asleep, passed out, or whatever. There's a lady across the street, and she was kind of taking a picture, and I, I mean, I hope that she was calling 911, not just posting it on Facebook. Um, or, you know, but, but whatever's going to, but how many times are we um, just moved with compassion for those that have yet to come to faith? Not, not just pity, not just, oh, poor them, but uh, we allow God to move our hearts for those that have not yet come to faith, for those that are outside of his kingdom, or for those that are just, just struggling. For our brothers and sisters, maybe they're just a little bit weak. If we're not careful, we could be so concerned about me, myself, and I, and I got to get ahead and what I got going on and what I'm missing. But on your worst day, you're in a better place than so many others. In everything to give thanks. In everything to give thanks. Because I, I, I trust the nature of, of God, my Father, and that he, he's working this out in some way, shape, or form for my good and for my betterment. There's brokenness, there's, there, there, there's sin, there's, there's suffering, and there's pain. But if we could just look outside of ourselves, well, everything changes when you kind of start your day with gratitude. I mean, that, that just shifts everything. But if we're not careful, we can just focus on what's wrong, what's, what's not right, what, what, what isn't working out in our own life, in our own situation, in our own job. 
and miss the power and the glory and the beauty of what God is doing, how he's at work, how he's shaping us and making us and molding us. I'm not suggesting that we kind of stick our head in the sand and act like, oh, this doesn't really hurt. I'm not really bothered. No, it does hurt. And yes, I am bothered. And yes, I am annoyed. But even in all of that, God is yet with me. God is yet for me. He is fighting for me. He's on my side. And really, I'll be all right. Really. I'll be all right. So then, so then if that's settled, I'm not so worried about the outcome, then that gives room and space, no, for others and to genuinely care for them and to genuinely reach out to them and to genuinely be moved for them, for their well-being and for their benefit. Nah, but you don't know about me and mine. Yeah, I mean, sucks to be you, but it's not the end of the world, bro. In that situation, in that aspect, in that situation. Sorry, stinks to be you in that situation, in in that aspect, right? But it, it really isn't the end of the world. Maybe don't say that to them when they're crying and brokenhearted um, in, in those exact words, you know, because I, I want to feel you with me in my pain. You know, don't give the whole, like, really, are you kidding me? But just be with me for a couple minutes, point me to Jesus, and then we'll be good. Yeah? Not, and, and not because you have to, um, but because you want to. Not out of just a sense of obligation, but out of a sense of just, just be, be with me. Be with me. Point me back to Jesus, and, and we'll be all right. He's good. He's right. He's perfect. And you're, we're in his care. That's where you say amen. He's good. He's right. He's perfect. And we're in his care. We are. Yeah, but it's bad. He's still good. He's still right. He's so perfect. And we're in his care. Yeah, but this and that. You know, there's cutbacks at work. But you're in his care. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we're in his care. My future is uncertain, but I'm in his care. My future here is unperfect. I'm I'm sorry, unplanned for, or it's not resolved, or it's kind of up in the air, but I'm in his care. Is that good enough? Sometimes we're like, well, sometimes. (laughs) Right? I mean, sometimes that's good enough, and we feel better, but then there are other times it's like, when it's uncertain, that's not good enough. I'm like, God, I still need a little bit more. That's the power of having people in our life that just kind of point us right back to him, point us right back to him, point us right back to the confidence, to the, to the hope, to the power of healing, to deliverance that, that we find in him. So once that's settled, again, that gives room and space for others, right? Once I'm... I, I'm going to be all right in the midst of it all. And that gives room and space for me to be able to serve, love, give, support, lift up others. But if I'm unsure, if I can't give you what I don't have. 
So if I'm unsure and I'm worried and I'm not, I'm not really um, believing this, and it's kind of hard for me to um, give it to you. But if I allow him to settle that in my heart, then I can genuinely really be moved for others. Does anybody here know anybody that doesn't know Jesus? Anybody know anybody that's living right now without hope? But I, I just, maybe it's just me, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just sensing like, yeah, but me and mine. Yeah, but me. Come on, guys, get, I got to get out of me and mine. And, and, and away from it needs to be resolved and worked out. And then, no, I, I, he, he's got me. I, I, God may not give you all the answers and then send you on mission. He may not give you a, the five-year plan, say, here's a five-year plan, here's what it's going to look out, now go for it. That, that, would, that, would, that would, some of us, depending upon your personality, that, that would be nice. So it's kind of like, I'm not going anywhere until I know what's going to happen first. And we don't say that with our mouth, but in our heart, we're like. There was a brother in the old church, and the pastor would be saying something about the men's breakfast, and he would stick up his hand, hey, brother, we're going to have a men's breakfast, and blah, blah, blah. And this brother, he'd be sitting, he'd go. I'm not coming. I'm not available. Like, literally. And everybody knew. I mean, that was just, I'm good. But what about those that, that aren't good? What about those that, that don't have um, this opportunity that we have been gifted with? This opportunity of community, this opportunity, this, this place of privilege that, that we have been brought to. So your, your, your place of privilege, your platform, how are you using that? Whatever that platform is, whatever that place of privilege, whatever that, that gifting is, whatever that resource is, how are you stewarding that? Because again, Esther, it could have just been, hey, I'm good. <laughs> Me and my uncle, we're good up here. Our lives aren't being threatened. I'll put you guys on my prayer list. But, but to, to really be moved. I, I, um, I, I told this story to at our local church. Um, there's a, um, a really great guy at Vaughn's. Um, Vaughn's the most expensive grocery store in, um, <laughs> in the county. Sorry, Vaughn's. I have a total consumer relationship with Vaughn's. Um, if somebody else has a bigger, better price, then I'm going to go there. Um, but Vaughn's is in my mission field, so I try to go there and see what's on sale. You know, um, see what's on that reduced rack. Um, and then if it's not too rotten, then I'll, no, 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 no. Um, see what's on sale and bring it home and hook it up. So there, there's, there's a guy there, um, David. Um, he's a bagger, and he makes me feel kind of old. It's kind of like, it makes me feel good, makes me feel old, because he's like, how you doing, sir? I'm like, bro. <laughs> the name's Eddie. <laughs> like, um, how you doing, sir? Have a nice day, sir. Oh, yes, sir. And I'm kind of like, well, okay, I know how you feel, MJ. Um, MJ tells me all the time, uh, MJ's from the South. I'm from the South, so I can't help but respond to her with yes, ma'am. She's like, stop saying ma'am to me. Um, so anyway, um, he, he's here just a super guy. Um, 
just, just a super kid, right? So I, I never, I, I don't bake often, but I, um, brownies were on sale. My sister was in town. She asked for some brownies. She's like, I'm going to make you these brownies. So I bought the brownies, um, took them home. Oh, oh, when I was buying them, Dave was like, oh, you're making brownies? I was like, yeah. He's like, wow, those are my favorite. I love brownies. All right, I got you, man. Um, he's like, really? Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. I got you. So then I went home, baked the brownies. Long story short, took him back, put him in cut him out a big old piece, put him in a little Ziploc bag, took it back. I was like, here, happy birthday, Merry Christmas. You would have thought it was really his birthday. He was like, what? What? He's telling all the other cashiers in the bag. I was like, he hooked it up. I was kind of embarrassed, like, bro, it's just two brownies. But he was making like a really big deal about it. And uh, I was kind of like, okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to get myself and get out of here. Um, so he gets these brownies, but it, it was something so small to me, and it, it didn't matter a whole, whole lot, but it meant so much to him. He's telling me later, my girlfriend ate all of them. All I got was one bite. So, of course, my heart was moved with compassion, so I baked another box and put out three giant pieces, you know, two for your girlfriend, one for you whole story again. Oh my God. Wow. You can't remember. So the other catchers are like, Hey, you got me next time. Um, but I was like, you know, God didn't touch my heart for them. So sorry. You know, I mean, I was moved, but I wasn't that moved. But there are people all around us that just, again, the smallest of gestures of just putting them first, preferring them, serving them, just putting their happiness, even if it's just for a moment before ours and um, serving them. The platform, um, the, the gifting, the talent that you've given, that, that you have, are you using it only for you? I, I said one time before, you know, I've lived here in, in, in San Diego for 13 years now, so I feel like a local. Um, I, I'm like, what would it look like for people here in San Diego not to use this city for their own benefit, but to use it for God's benefit? To use the city for his glory, for his... What, what, what would that look like? Instead of just coming and bragging about the weather, how beautiful... Well, it is, and how wonderful it is, and how fortunate we are to live here. It was funny, when I first lived here, I'd be downtown, and you hear the tourists talking. Um, did you hear a little bit of arrogance when I said tourists? Did you, you hear the tourists talking? And, and I heard someone, they were saying, like, hey, how do we get to, oh, I can help you with that. This is all you need to do. You know, I'm like, hey, th this, is, this is my city. Like, God called me here. God sent me here. So what does it look like for us to, to use our platform, to use our city? I was in downtown the other night, and downtown is absolute beautiful. It's a beautiful downtown. Um, what does it look like to, to use the fact, our address, if you will, to use our zip code, if you will, for his honor and for his glory? Whatever it is that God has given you, whatever it is that God's given you. I, I, I could say, hey, we, we only have a small place, or this is all that we have, so um, you know, it's kind of reserved just for us. But what does it like to offer that back up to God? May, may everything that he's entrusted with be given back to him as an offering. And, and may we not be guilted into it, oh, I have to, or I better, but it is my joy, it is my pleasure um, to offer this back to you. So your platform, whatever it may be, Whatever it may be, maybe, maybe you only supervise you at work. 
whatever that platform is, whatever that influence is, whatever that authority is that you have been given, may we use it for his honor, for his glory. Are you willing to accept what he's giving you? The, 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 the position that he's giving you, the authority that he's giving you, the platform that he's giving you. Are you willing to accept that? Or is it just kind of, nah, 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 nah. Just leave, just leave me here in the back. No, 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 no. Let, let somebody else go. Let somebody else go. No, we, we all have a platform. Tell your neighbors that you have a platform. Tell your other neighbors something you didn't do it. Tell them, read, say it loud. You have a platform. Maybe you're saying, I don't supervise anybody. Well, you, you got a couple neighbors, no? You have a platform. You have a platform. You have been given authority. It's not your authority, but it comes from him. You, you've been given authority. You, you have a platform. You, you've been given power and influence. Everybody say, you have been given, given. Power, power and influence. influence. Tell me again. Say, so you have been given power, power, influence, and authority. That was really weak. You have been given power, power influence, influence, and authority. Whether you believe it or not, you've been, it's been given. Oh, you know what? It's offered to you. Because it's not forced on me because I'm like, no, 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 no. No, I'm okay. I'd rather. No, but it's been offered to me. It's been given to you. If the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, that power, that influence, that authority, it is alive and well. Now, may we live into that and just trust God with the outcome. I'm going to, as God graces me, I'm going to live into this and God do whatever you want to do with it. I don't have to wear a I am a Christian t-shirt. I don't have to wear a t-shirt since I've been given power and authority. Ask me. I would suggest that you don't do that. That might be weird. But you've been given power and authority. Will you accept it? Will, will you use it for him? We appreciate our gifting when it gets us up a rung. It helps us get a promotion or helps us get you know, some more dead presidents in our account. Right? Your boss brings you in. Oh, I just see so much in you. We're so proud of you. And because of that, we just want to offer you this, this, and this. Well, thank you. Then why are we struggling to get it today? Because I think like in the workplace, because there's a, we know what the outcome's going to be. I'm going to get more money so I can buy more stuff or I can do more things with it or I can, right? But then when it comes to the kingdom, God says, you've been given this power and authority and influence. Like, how am I, what am I going to do with it? How, how is that going to play out? We can be a little more reluctant to, to live into it. Or is that just me? Esther says, can we re reverse this thing? Can we turn this thing around? Could do, it, it was, it was going to be like the purge. I'm reading through this. I'm like, did the purge get their idea from 
the scripture? Because then he's saying, like, hey, you guys just don't have to go along with it, but, but you can fight back because this is, this, it's been reversed. You know, the king, because of this decree, he couldn't just say, you know what, never mind, I canceled that. But there's kind of an addendum to it that, hey, you guys can fight back, right? You said, Esther and Mordecai, I've given Esther the property of Haman. You know, the king's been impaled on a pole because he tried to destroy the Jews. Now go ahead and send a message in verse 8 to the king, um, message to the Jews in the king's name, telling them whatever you want and seal it with the king's signet ring. But remember that whatever has already been written in the king's name and sealed with his signet ring can never be revoked. So on June 25th, the king's secretaries were summoned and a decree was written exactly as Mordecai dictated. It was sent to the Jews of the highest officers. I just want to see what did it say. It's with messengers. The king, yeah. Verse 11, the king's decree gave the Jews in every city authority to unite to defend their lives. They were allowed to kill, slaughter, and annihilate anyone of any nationality or province who might attack them or their children or wives and to take the property of their enemies. The day chosen for this event throughout the province of King Xerxes was March 7th of the next year. Originally, it was all meant to annihilate them, to take them out, to destroy them. And then they come with this decree, and it just reverses it all. I would suggest that there are many things that maybe have been sent to annihilate us, but those things have been reversed. That it, it, it doesn't have to end that way. You'll say, well, I, I, I just... I, I'm just not a passionate person. I'm just not a, it depends on what it comes to. May our passion, may it show up for the cause of others. May it show up for the cause of the kingdom. May it show up for the cause of what is right. When we see an injustice being miscarried, may, may our passion, may our selflessness, may it show up. She's passionate about about people. She's passionate about her people. May we be passionate first for one another, for the household. And I, I mean, not just, oh, that's my Christian brother and sister, but may we be passionate for one another. That, that, that people can see that passion that we have one for another, and it causes them to say, what is that? What's kind of going on here? Our community, we, we, we go out to eat, and sometimes it's kind of like, and, and I know people are thinking, they're like, okay, there's like a couple black guys, then there's a couple white guys. They look kind of maybe Mexican or whatever. We're like, what, what is this? <laughs> the older black guy is holding the white baby, and then like, <sighs> I mean, it looks like a, it looks like a, it could be a family, but like, but just, just this, this, this love and this, this compassion, may, may it be evident and not, not just because, you know, we, we, we kind of get along and we have a similar personality, but it'd be like, we, we don't get along. We don't have similar personalities, but there's just this compassion that we have one for another. There's this love that we have one for another. There's this forbearance that we have one for another. And, and that in itself is a testimony. And it's real and it's genuine. It, it's, it's not a put on, but it's, it's, it's because it's not us. It comes from him. 
Use your, use, use your, your platform, your position, your, your power, your authority you know, for, for, the, for the benefit of others. Not just for me and mine, but for the benefit of others. I, I talked to um, a, a good friend of mine um, recently, uh, well, th- this morning even, and um, we were, I, I sell real estate. He, he's involved in a real estate transaction and um, buying a very, very, very expensive piece of property. And um, he called this morning. He says, dude, like, I, I, I was praying, and I, I know that this house is for the community. It, it's for the family of God. My family, like, we get to live there, but it's, it's completely for, for the family. And I'm kind of listening, just kind of, you know, how many times have you heard that before? Like, again, in real estate, like, hey, man, pray this deal goes through because this is really going to be for God. And then they get the house. <laughs> They're like, God, who? Oh, God, pray, pray. Hey, I really want to get this car. Can you guys pray with me so, so that God can really work it out so I can get this car, get this whatever? And, and then they get the car and say, hey, can you pick up so-and-so? They don't have a ride. They don't have money for Uber. And they don't want to ride one of those scooters. Can you pick them up? <laughs> you know, bro, what happened? Just pray that this one thing happens, or I'm really believing God for this or that, and you know, for his honor, for his glory, and then it happens, and all of a sudden, like, I really want to get this job. And sometimes it's not that God wants to gift us with these things, it's not that God's even leading us, but it's just we want it. Right? I just I I want this. And then I mix a little bit of God in it, and then God in his sovereignty, he gives it to me, and then I misappropriate it. I, I, I misuse it. Why? Because I'm human and I'm broken and sometimes I miss it. I just don't get it right. But may there be people that God uses in my life to kind of remind me, like, hey, bro, remember? Remember? Yes. And they're, again, they're not trying to guilt me, control my life or ruin my life, but they're just reminding me. They're putting me in remembrance, right? Of all that I was begging and pleading God for and asking everybody to pray with me for, and I said it was going to be for his honor and for his glory and that he, he would use it, but may that truly be our heart's desire. May that truly be just kind of what flows out of our life. May everything, may all things, may all things be received as an offering to him. May, may, may God teach us how to hold things with open hands. To hold things with open hands, whatever it may be, whatever it is that we, whatever it is that He's given us. Whatever it is he's giving you, if, if it's a relationship, if it's a child, if it's a spouse, if it's a, if it's a really good friendship, it, whatever. But may I hold those things with open hands and, and may I treat it and honor it as a gift from, from Him. And truly feel like, man, God gifted me with this. Wow. And may I not only use it for my benefit, but may I use it for His glory, for His kingdom, for, for my brothers and my sisters. I feel like my, my house was made for entertaining. I have people over all the time. You know, we, I, I love to entertain. And I'm like, God, th- th- this is your house. It's, it's for your honor and it's for your glory. That's the God part. But then I look at the people and I'm like, hey, y'all need to bring some trash bags, all right? <laughs> I mean, it's for his honor and his glory, but he's not coming to clean up this mess. So I have the tables and chairs, but I'm not going to set them up for you. Right? So there's like this, this both and. 
Remember, remember, Pastor, you said that, that, that your house was first, so we're going to host this big old party at your house, and you're welcome to do so. Just bring some trash bags and maybe a toilet paper offering, and I'm just keeping it real. I mean, it's for his honor. It's for his glory. And with that, but, but then we, we, we have our part to do, right? And sometimes our part is to push a broom, to buy some trash bags, to buy some Windex, and to leave the place in better condition than which you found it. We're, we're, we're stewards. We've, we've been given a platform. We've been given things. We've been gifted these things. We've been entrusted with things. Sometimes we only get stewardship when it comes to money, but stewardship is everything that we've been given. May we hold it with open hands and offer it back up to him. God, use this. And may we allow him to move us with passion, with compassion for those that are outside our ranks, starting with those in, in, in the family of God. And then may, may, may that just be an, just an overflow. So I'm, 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 I'm concerned, I'm moved, I'm willing to serve my brothers and sisters in the faith. And then everybody else, it's, it's a, what I do for others, what I do for those that, are, that have yet to come to faith is a byproduct of what I'm already doing with my brothers and my sisters. It, it, it invites others in. Yeah? So, um, again, lastly because this is kind of where I started, but I, I, forgive me if it's just me, but I just, I just feel like there's like this selfishness still that this kind of comes just like, no, but, and, and I, I, I think that that comes from not knowing the outcome, but may, may God just baptize us today with an all in, with, with an all in. I don't know how to play poker. I don't know how to play Texas Hold'em, but I think there's, at one point, you push all the cards up there, and you say, or no, not the cards. <laughs> See, I don't know. <laughs> you push all the chips up, and you're like, I'm all in. So depending upon the game, push your cards, put your, put your chips, whatever. <laughs> Just push it to the center of the table and say, I'm all in. What would that look like? What would that look like? If we said, I'm all in, this is where you respond. Somebody, shout out. What would it look like if we just pushed it all in and we say, I'm all in? It would be freeing. How, how, how so? So it's, it, there's a living into this. Go ahead. I saw your hand, brother. Okay. Wouldn't struggle. I'm all in. Who else? To, to, to push all your cards, all your chips in. Yes. I'd finally serve like I'm supposed to. Amen. I'm, I'm all in. MJ. Right. Right. I'm going to let go, and I'm going to let God. I don't have to have it, Vince. There'd be plenty to go around. There, there, there would be no lack. Think about it. If everybody, just, just everybody, okay, half of us here today said, I'm all in. How beautiful would that be? 
How glorious would that be? People would look at that in awe and wonder. Even those of us that would be a part of us, see, I included myself, those of us that would be a part of us would be like, there's no other way I want to live. There's no other way for me to live than all in. But God in his gracious, even at times when we try to pull back a little bit, and then he'll send somebody along, maybe it's on a Sunday morning at New City, to say, hey, bro, I'm calling you. Hey, sis, I'm calling you to be all in, to, be, to, to commit. You're not going to, I'm not going to tell you everything. I'm not going to figure it out for you. I'm not going to give you a five-year plan, but I'm still calling you to a place that says all in. I'm for you. I, I understand that you're for me. You're with me. I'm all in. I trust you. I trust your nature. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. There's an old song we used to sing. It says, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And because of that, I can't feel at home in this world anymore. That's half our problem. We're too at home. We're, we're, we're too at home. We, we got a good. I mean, we got a San Diego address. You know, you're fortunate enough to own a property in San Diego. Like, this, this is it. No, we're, we're... Thank God for those things. Thank God for your dress. Thank God for your zip code. Thank God for the stuff that you have. But hold it with open hands and just offer it back up to him. Amen? Amen. God bless you. I love you in Jesus. Man, that was so good. I'm convicted right now. I was thinking is took some notes while he was preaching just about how can we go all in. You know, when there's brokenness all around us, there's brokenness within us. We see this world, we're struggling with life situations. We have fear and shame and guilt and, and all these things going on. How can we have confidence to engage in God's mission for our life and to invest in others when we can barely handle what's going on in our own lives? As Eddie was preaching, I was reminded of what we see that Esther did here. How... She risked her life as she went in before the king, how she mediated for her people, and she stood in the gap. And that reminds me so much of Jesus. So I want to read this passage as we get ready to respond. Romans 8. Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he's sitting in that place of honor at God's right hand, pleading and interceding for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Like Eddie said, we've been given power and authority and influence. Esther had power, authority, and influence. And she risked it for people outside herself. And Jesus Christ came in Philippians says he emptied himself of all his power and authority and influence. Esther went and she risked it all. Jesus gave it all. She risked her life. Jesus gave his life for us to bring us near so that we could have the love that Paul's talking about in that passage we just read. And Jesus intercedes for us continually, he says, and that, that promises that nothing, nothing that you're facing right now in your life can separate you from God's love. And that's what we respond to every Sunday. When we get together here, we remember the good news of the gospel. We remember that Jesus Christ came and lived a perfect life in the flesh. He emptied himself of all his royalty and power and came and lived perfectly in our place. And then he died on that cross so that we could be brought near. He was separated so that we would never have to be. So today, as we come down and take communion, if you're a believer in this place, we want to invite you to the table. Come and drink the wine that... that resembles for us the, the blood that was poured out on the cross to forgive us of our sins for every time we struggle to believe that we're loved, for every time that we get so infatuated with our own situations that we can't see beyond ourselves. That blood was spilled to forgive us for our sins and wipe our slate clean, but his righteous life was given every day that he lived in his flesh, and that bread represents that. So as we come and take communion and you taste that bread, remember that you you're not just forgiven, you're righteous. You're holy. Your identity is rooted not in what you do, but in what Christ did for you. So I want to invite you as we sing this next song, to, if you, if you want to, hang back and just sing and let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Maybe you want to reach across and pray with somebody. Feel free to. We're going to have people down here in the front that want to pray with you. Come down and get prayed for. Come down and receive healing. Receive the wholeness that is yours in Jesus Christ. And come to the table and feast on the life of Christ given for you. Father, we give this time to you right now. We ask you as we open ourselves to you, that you would speak to us, minister to our hearts, minister through us to one another, and send us back out into this broken, hurting world with a vision greater than our own lives, but with the vision that you have for your kingdom and in your vision for our lives, God. Speak that to us in our hearts right now, Holy Spirit, and have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.